Greetings, Popheads, and welcome to issue 29 of 3 Bzine Presents Popcast, a.k.a. the TomCast Popcast. My name is Tom. This is the pop culture podcast that knows if you put pineapple on your pizza, even a Ninja Turtle won't eat that shit. Please follow this awesome, small, independent podcast on social media at TomCast underscore PopCast on Twitter and at the TomCast underscore PopCast on Instagram. Joining me once again, the savage, Exomega Gold, Roger Smith. I've been upgraded to Savage. I like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Find Roger on Instagram and Twitter, at XOmegaGold. Roger, what are we drinking tonight, buddy? Tonight, we're starting off with one we actually may have hit before, but it's the perfect weather for it. It's the Sierra Vesa. It's an easy-drinking lager by Sierra Nevada. It's running at a 5%, so super light, super crushable, as they say. And uh, it's a very good lager. Definitely. It is a very good lager. I like that a lot. Cannot complain. A very solid Mexican lager. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. And like you said, it's a good day for it. We're in a, a bit of a moderate heat wave, I'd say. A little bit, yeah. A little hotter than it has been, at least. So. Yeah, I mean, and when, we, when we say hotter in San Diego, it's like 80 degrees. Yeah, a little bit, <laughs> a little on the warm size. <laughs> uh, before we start the show proper tonight, uh, I'd like to wish a, a happy birthday to super friend Ryan Myers. I'm wearing my Orioles t-shirt in your honor, sir. Happy birthday. I <laughs> uh, also just want to mention that our amazing friend Cody is going through some uh, some family stuff right now. Uh, he's fine. It's nothing, nothing, no health issues or anything like that. Uh, I just wanted to put it out there so that he knows that we are uh, thinking about him and wishing him and his family all the best right now as they, they go through what they're going through. Yep. Hang in there, man. Yeah. And uh, that's all we're going to say about that because that's Cody's business. Yep. Uh, now to the show. Let's get on uh, you know what? We talked about some Ninja Turtles. Roger, <laughs> what kind of pizza do you like, buddy? Um, actually, uh, much to your chagrin, I do like pineapple pizza. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to throw you out of this podcast studio yeah, right I now. I may be banned from the show from here on out. But, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, it's, uh, no, it's actually funny. I think um, my dad just like got me into it as a kid. Um, kind of, we, we had like a weird topping combo of sausage, mushrooms, and pineapple. So it's uh, not a very uh, common or uh, probably favored combination of toppings. That's that's a fair assessment, I believe. <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely one that, uh, I don't know, I, I like the sweet and savory. I guess uh, I'm, I'm one of those weird ones. So. My my wife is the same <laughs> way. She she proclaims that uh, the, the ham and pineapple pizza is the perfect combination of salty and sweet. <laughs> I disagree. Uh, <laughs> but that just means there's more of the other pizza for me. This is true. I always make sure I get a couple pizzas whenever I order that one, just uh, just in case anyone else uh, doesn't agree with my taste buds. You know, I kind of feel like San Diego gets gets slammed for not having a very good pizza scene, but I, I think people just aren't going to the right places because we have some pretty good pizzas here. Yeah, I think we do. I mean, uh, definitely I don't go to many pizza spots around here, but the ones I have had been pretty solid what are some of your favorites um there's always uh what is it regents oh regents is great up there in uh, utc yeah that's probably one of my faves um other than that i can't can't think i've been to one in a while uh i'm a big fan of luigi's oh yeah that's they're pretty great they do some rad stuff yeah yeah i used to like going there um, I think I feel like we mentioned this on beer night so maybe i'm I'm retreading ground here a little bit too but i'm a big fan of what what woodstocks does where they kind of roll the sauce into their crust so that when you bite into the crust you get like a big you know a nice layer of sauce on your bite <laughs> that sounds pretty good that's up there with stuffed crust well i mean it's, it's, <laughs> I, I don't generally eat a, eat the crust uh-huh. but that's a good way to get me to do it yeah you got to be coaxed yeah I, I i i think to me the key ingredient on a good pizza is the sauce i i'm mm-hmm. a, i am a sauce fan a oh yeah sauce connoisseur Always if you will extra sauce on my pizzas yeah. for sure give me the sauce yeah it's gotta be good flavorful bold robust yes it needs all of these things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i want to make a bold statement all right new york pizza overrated <laughs> oh people are mad now i can tell already they're so mad at me oh they're my god i can't believe i said now. that yeah <laughs> it, you know, and we gave a shout out to my to my buddy Ryan. I should give uh, one of our favorite pieces of place to go back east is uh, mm-hmm. is Armand's. Okay. Which, gosh, I don't have no idea if they're any good anymore if they're even still <laughs> around. But back in the day, we loved going there. Nice. And then uh, what a pizza brand, a pizza chain I want to mention to 
next time we see Brian over at Pariah's, yeah. I want to ask him if he had thoughts on Lido's. Because uh. <laughs> I have a real soft spot for Lido's Pizza back back at back East Coast, back in nice. Maryland particularly. Mm. They do they do square pizzas, yeah. big square pizzas, and they say uh, that they're square pizzas because they don't cut corners. <laughs> Clever. <laughs> <laughs> but they do. Uh, I don't. I can't even describe it right. I was, I was thinking about this earlier today. I was like, "How do I even describe the crust to Roger? Because it's like so unique and weird. Yeah, That's it's like hard. it's a t- the the crust. The way they do the crust there is like a touch sweet, mm-hmm. but it's okay. not like it's not like a pastry sweet. It's just no. like a, it's like a little kiss it's of something sweetness in the bread. Okay, yeah, yeah I, I can like, see Ooh, that. Give me that. Give me that crust. Yeah, like I can almost taste it. It's good. <laughs> it's good stuff. Mouth's watering already. I'm about to see about getting investing in a chain that we can open out here in San Diego. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure they'll, they'll hook it up. Yeah, you know, all the transplants from Maryland will get stoked. Yeah, all, all three of you guys. <laughs> oh, I'll have Brian Mitchell's money. That's all I care about. That's true. We'll have him over all the time. <laughs> Unless he tells me the leaders is shit, and then he, <laughs> this plan falls right through the window. Yeah, we should check that out first. Maybe next week. Who knows? <laughs> all right, enough pizza talk. Let's, uh, let's, let's get into some pop culture stuff. What do you say? Let's do it. All right, we mentioned it last week. Dark Phoenix was hitting theaters. Neither Roger and I were extremely excited about this. And apparently our feelings were replicated by the rest of America. Yeah, basically. This movie bombed hard. Yeah, what, what was it at? Like, I think opening weekend totals were somewhere between 33 and 35 million. Jeez. Which, granted, still a lot of money. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> but by comic book blockbuster standards, that is, that is not hitting anywhere close to the mark. Nope. And, and this film got scorched <laughs> on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And Metacritic, I believe, too. Yeah, I remember looking at it, at least the uh, from the initial reviews that I was watching. I think uh, Age of Apocalypse and X3 were doing better than it significantly. Now, we, we talked about that, uh, and I was a little curious because I know when... Now, Age of Apocalypse is more relevant, mm-hmm. but the Metacritic and stuff like that and Rotten Tomatoes for X-Men The Last Stand, I mean, that was a long time ago. Yeah. And the, the proliferation of websites and, and pop culture uh, uh, blogs and stuff like that is... Mm-hmm. is uh, much higher yeah. than like the whatever it was ten fifteen years ago that the last stand came out. Jeez, yeah. So I wonder if how much of that has to do with anything, or if it's kind of the, if there's some kind of like way to measure that and balance that out, so it doesn't really matter that much. Like you're saying in terms of the nostalgia value of it, uh, people kind of over uh, positive reviewing it as opposed to negative. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say. Let me let me take a look here. I'm, I'm trying to pull up the Dark Phoenix ra- rankings right now. Yeah, because I know those the scores that I were I was looking at were just basically the the critic scores. Mm-hmm. So not taking into account you know the uh, user reviews. So the meta score on here is forty three, based off of fifty critic reviews. Okay, that ain't good. Yeah, I think that's actually a little higher than from what I initially saw, but still not great. The highest score on here is a seventy five from Entertainment Entertainment Weekly. Okay. And a 75, I mean, if we're, if we're basing things off school grades, I mean, that's a C. It's a, it's a solid C. But everyone else, it, it goes downhill pretty quick from there. The next rating is a 63, 63, 60, 50, 49, 42, yeah. 40, 40. And then the lowest that I've seen so far on here is a 38. Jeez. <laughs> that's rough. And, uh, and you know, and the, and the, the feedback I've been reading on the, on the Internet is it just seems, sounds like a just a disappointing film overall. Yeah. You know, it, it's we, we mentioned it before. It's a it's a big storyline, mm-hmm. and and trying to get your head around it in a two hour film is yeah. going to be a bit of a challenge. Yeah, that that would have taken some immense skill to weave it into that little time, mm-hmm. especially with uh, from what I imagine was not a lot of you know lead up to it. it kind of seemed like it could stand on its own more or less, but maybe that was its downfall. So. Yeah, I, I like, like I said, I didn't make it up to go see it. Um, I, I still my my curiosity factor for it's still high. Yeah. But I don't know if I'll go to the theater. Yeah, we might we might wait for a video on demand on those. So, <laughs> so I was I was curious about this because this movie obviously fell way below expectations for the studio and mm-hmm. for for everyone involved with with the, with the film. Yeah, and um, we all know that there is that new mutants film that's now languishing on a shelf somewhere mm-hmm. that's been finished for probably almost at least a year. What's what's that one about? I don't think I that was the that it. was gonna be the mutant film where they were doing. Excuse me. They were using New Mutants, the comic book, but they were doing it as in a like a horror type of oh, movie. Okay. Interesting. So it was going to be a, a completely different take on a, on a mutant on a, on a mutant film. Hmm. There there was a trailer out for it initially, 
Uh, I haven't seen the trailer around. I don't even know if they pulled it offline or if it's still available to watch. It, uh-huh. it possibly is, but it, it was a very different take on on the world of mutants. Okay. And I think this movie was supposed to come out last fall. Really? Yeah, I want to say last fall was was the was the initial date, and then everything with with Marvel and DC and I'm sorry, Marvel, Disney, and, and 20th Century Fox. That mm-hmm. whole merger thing happened, and the yeah. movie got put on the shelf. Okay. And then uh, most recently, I had seen something that they were targeting release for New Mutants in January, February of 2020. Interesting. Now I wonder if that's even going to happen. Yeah, maybe not. You know, maybe this they decide this is a movie that's like, yeah, you know what, it's not worth it. Mm. And just, and, and Marvel or Disney just buries it. <laughs> They're like, yeah, that one didn't do great. We're not going to risk it on this one. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, uh, you know, obviously we're basing, I'm, I'm basing this off of a trailer that I saw. I'm like, well, that looks yeah. like a fun, interesting take mm-hmm. on, on, a, on a way to tell a mutant story in a totally different way. Yeah. So I just I just kind of wonder now is this gonna be one of those those movies that we just kind of forget about it just leaves the collective consciousness of, just, of of the of the fans? Yeah, it's possible. I don't know. I mean, it does sound interesting. I think it would be good to just uh, have like a new take on how to do a mutant movie. You know, mm-hmm. it sounds like I said, it sounds really interesting. Just uh, the concept of it to take a more horror approach. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they'd be willing to risk you know taking a new approach on something when this hasn't worked or maybe you know that's what they need or they'll risk it on that you know at this point it's hard to say because you can kind of see them going either way with it you know mm-hmm. but i don't know yeah i'm not sure either so I, I was curious about that i thought about that a little bit earlier today uh-huh. we'll have to see if we can dig up that that trailer so you can check it out because yeah it, it I is think i saw it it's pretty different it's pretty mm-hmm. different some fun ideas it looked like kind of like an x-men haunted house <laughs> scary I, I may be misremembering a little bit, so uh, watching it again would, re- would refresh my memory as well. Yeah, we'll but yeah, I'm just it. curious what's going to happen with that. I don't know. Yeah. So some other news came out after the weekend of X Men bombing. Yeah. Was that apparently at some point Fox was pitching the idea of of X Men versus Fantastic Four as a movie. That's interesting. Yeah this 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 story kind of came to light recently, and apparently uh, Fox even went as far as to commission a script. Okay. Um. And it's centered, and actually, the interesting part about this is a lot of the plot seems seems, excuse me, sounds very similar mm-hmm. to the Civil War comic. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask if they were going to be pulling from that. Yeah, it, just, it seemed like there was an incident, you know, much like like Sokovia that uh-huh. that that creates like the Superhuman Registration Act yeah. in the Avengers movies would happen in this film, and it would draw the X Men versus the Fantastic Four. Interesting. And then at the very end, now the, according to the story, at the very end of the film, mm-hmm. once everyone comes together and realizes, hey, we're all friends here. <laughs> um, it would lead into a, a Skrull invasion movie, mm. which that's interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I don't know. I mean, again, this is just kind of like stuff that happened in hindsight or whatever. I mean, yeah. or it's coming out in hindsight, I should say. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess what happened was, according to the story, was X-Men First Class came out and it was a hit. Yeah, okay. And so they decided to follow that line. I see. As opposed to kind of chewing these two franchises together. So this was going to be then possibly based off the original cast. Yeah, but it's, it sounds like it. It's, it's, it's all very vague. The only thing they talked mm-hmm. about specifically was some kind of battle between, or not, not battle, but a, a, a fight between uh, Mr. Fantastic and Wolverine <laughs> that apparently was going to get a little graphic. Uh. So yeah, there was oh, excuse me. There was going to be a battle between Professor uh, Professor X. <laughs> there was going to be a battle between Mister Fantastic and Wolverine, and in this battle, apparently, Mister Fantastic was going to somehow cut Wolverine's arms off, which that <laughs> sounded like quite a direction to go in. Yeah, that's not very uh, characteristic of him. <laughs> Mister Fantastic, not known for maiming, but yeah, yeah, you know. Like, did he know? <laughs> it's like, oh, it's fine. They'll grow back. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That's strange. Even, I mean, even, yeah, I don't know. It's, that's just a bizarre thing to hear. Yeah, <laughs> Honestly. I, I cannot imagine Wolverine being beat by Mr. Fantastic. That's, uh, I don't know if there's any precedent for it. but I, I kind of feel like there may be, but I, I couldn't cite a specific <laughs> reference to, to, to validate that or not. Yeah. Though, I, I, so I would imagine when Adamantium Claws cut through him just as easily as everything else. That's what so. I was thinking. I mean, like, I, I don't know how much you can stretch. Yeah, I mean, breaking. unless he has some way to kind of, like, bind Wolverine's arms to his side before he can get the claws out to do his, do the damage. 
That's true. That might be the only way he can beat him. Yeah, I don't know. Or like, <laughs> Dax is like a mega zip tie or something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we're just speculating here like crazy people. But I thought that was an interesting little thing. It's it's kind of mm-hmm. funny some of the little nuggets that are dropping yeah. now that, that, that Fox no longer, or I shouldn't say no longer exists, but is now part of the Disney yeah. Marvel conglomerate. Mm. You know, some of these plans that we're hearing about, about the characters. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, you, you just kind of see all this stuff in retrospect. You're like, oh, cool. That, that might have been interesting back then, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just to see these plans kind of, I guess, not really fall through, but just go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's always fun to see these kind of retro, like I said, retrospective uh, views on what could have been. Well, and, you know, Fox has never really been an amazing steward of the Marvel characters. Yeah. You know, the the, the films they did make were, I mean, let's be honest, there, there was a lot more garbage than there was, uh, <laughs> you know, super hits that the fans loved. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, I think, I'm pretty sure they were... You know, they did the fantastic, the two Fantastic Four movies, which neither one was great. Nope. They weren't total turds, but they weren't great. Yeah. I believe they were parcel, uh, responsible for the Ghost Ghost Rider fiascos. Mm, were they? I guess that was them, huh? They were responsible for Ben Affleck as Daredevil. Yeah, that, that <laughs> went over well. <laughs> I mean, all of these movies hit like a hit like a like a stone on glass. I mean, it just did not work out well for people. Yeah. Yeah, oh, man, I think I just shut those out of my mind. But yeah, you, once you mention all those. Oh, and, and, the, and the Electra movie that somehow oh. spun off from the Daredevil movie. Yeah, how did that even get greenlit? The only uh, thing I can think of is uh, is Jennifer Gardner had some heat because, uh, yeah. you know, Alias was on TV and she was kicking ass on that. Yeah, that's literally all she had going for her, I guess, because the movie was nothing to jump off of. No, Electra so. was, might have been the most boring, one of the most boring ninja movies I'd ever seen. <laughs> yeah, well. Unfortunate. Yeah, that sucks. Well, so now that we're kind of, I guess we're kind of at this point now where, you know, everything's back mm-hmm. and, and, you know, Marvel has all their toys back. They're, they're all in the Disney playhouse together. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious what property you're most excited to see reinterpreted through that Disney Marvel Studios lens. I mean, what are you, what are you looking to see relaunched or potentially just launched for the first time? It doesn't have to be one of the things from Fox, but I mean, like, what's yeah. something new that you want to see Marvel do that you're looking to see a new take on? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, like, I know we just had the X-Men movie, but I, I think I've always wanted to see what it would be like for the X-Men to be in the Avengers, you know? I think that's just always been something, you know, just really get that AVX <laughs> kind of comic vibe going on there. Um, I mean, character-wise... We never really got a good gambit. We had a, yeah, a, a take, a take in uh, what was it, Wolverine Origins or whatever that garbage mm-hmm. was, <laughs> and that was like barely reminiscent of what the character should be. And I, I don't know, like Gambit's always been one of my favorites. Just he was my favorite in the cartoon, and I think he was a lot of people's favorites back in the yeah, 90s. definitely. Um, and you know he he has almost no presence anymore. And I think it'd be really cool for like a lot of those nineties characters to come back and kind of see the light of day again. I mean, we, we got cable in the Deadpool movie, <laughs> which I mean, who even like thought about cable since, you know, the nineties. So, Oh, I don't know. I think you're underselling <laughs> cable a little bit here. He had well, a great I mean, series of uh, Deadpool other than, you know, actual comic book. Readers. Okay. Well, that's, I fair. mean, in the, in the mainstream spotlight, <laughs> I mean, you know, he was he was in the Marvel vs. Capcom 2 video game, and I think that's the last place I remember seeing him outside of the animated series, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it'd be cool to have that whole storyline and then with Bishop and, uh, you know, just all these, like, you know, not even just the future X-Men characters, but just kind of bring all the ones that haven't been in the limelight for so long. Bring in some uh, old villains like uh, Omega Red. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, just stuff like that. I think it'd be really cool to just really see them flesh out a lot of the classic things, mm-hmm. but with uh, the Disney, you know, spotlight and framework. I think it'd be pretty cool to see. Yeah, I'll be, I, I'll be honest. I, I kind of... I'm definitely interested in seeing what Marvel will do with the X-Men because obviously it is a big franchise for them to get back. Yeah. Um, I'm just... I don't know. I haven't been an X-Men fan roughly since the 90s because it just, it just to me, as a comic book reader, it just became yeah. a huge mess. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess my enthusiasm for it is a little 
subdued. Yeah, no, I can see that. Um, there, there's a part of me that thinks that, well, X Men is grandiose. It does deserve to be on the big screen, but part of me would rather see it as like, as like a, a regular TV show, like you know, yeah. weekly adventure kind of things, because it is pretty soap. X Men as best is soap, soap op, soap operatic. Yeah, <laughs> am I saying that correctly? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, at least the eras that I read the book, it mm-hmm. was that way, and so yeah. there's there's part of me that kind of is into that that train of thought as it. I've seen it play out that way from week to week, season to season, stuff like that. But yeah. like I said, X-Men X adventures are grandiose, and mm-hmm. they should be on the big screen. And if anyone's going to figure out the way to do it, it I think it's Kevin Feige and, and Marvel Studios. Yeah, definitely. To, to kind of bring those right elements into the, the into the property and into the next their version of an X-Men film. Yeah. And so, and the one thing which is going to lead to into my pick, which I don't yeah. I don't think I'm going to blow anybody's mind with my pick. <laughs> Um, but I really want to see, I want to see the Fantastic Four work mm. in a movie. You know, yeah. the, 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 the previous attempts, like I said, they weren't bad, but they weren't good and they didn't yeah. really have the proper tone. Mm-hmm. They didn't have great scripts. It seemed like, you know, they just, you just kind of hired X, Y, and Z writers <laughs> who maybe had a passing familiarity with the, with the power <laughs> sets of the characters. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm gonna take uh, Fantastic Four and hope that uh, again that Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios does their magic and and shows us a version of these characters that we can all get really excited about because uh, yeah. the Fantastic Four, when done right, are really cool and really fun. Mm-hmm. But even in the comics, they're not always done right and well. Yeah. So it it would be pretty cool to see uh, them done some justice. Mm-hmm. And uh, if anyone's gonna do it correctly, I think it's those guys. Yeah, you know, giving back their toys. It's funny because I, I was I was going back and forth. I was like, oh man, I still want to see some more Daredevil and stuff like that. But I was like, yeah. you know, I got a really good version of Daredevil for three yeah, seasons on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to I didn't want to do that. And I was I don't know what Marvel's going to do with the Punisher now. Yeah, that's true. You know his his whole thing does not really seem to be their mo. <laughs> yeah, at least not at the moment. But you know, down the road. Yeah, that's true. They they might just back burner him for now because. I mean, the show was doing pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. It was it was getting de- I mean, from what we understand, it's getting decent uh, viewing. So, I don't know. I think the character definitely doesn't fit the vibe currently, like you said. But maybe down the line, we'll have something show yeah. up. Yeah. So I don't think we blew anybody's socks off with our <laughs> uh, with our <laughs> hopes that the X Men and the Fantastic Four are the next properties that yeah. Marvel decides to to rebrand and, and relaunch. Yeah. You don't want to see Nick Cage again as Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know they're doing the Ghost Rider thing on on the Dis- on the Disney Plus. Oh, are they? Yeah. So we'll, gonna we're going to get a new Ghost Rider. I, I think it's going to be more along the lines of the Ghost Rider that we saw in Ages. Ages of Shield, yeah, okay. which I, I'm I'm intrigued by. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I saw a few episodes with them. I'm like, okay, I like I like the characterization, the the powers, and yeah. <laughs> speaking, good job. Speaking of Agents of Shield, it is back on the air right now for I think it's. Seventh season? Really? My goodness. Can you believe that show's still going? <laughs> That's crazy. It's just chugging along. And I'll be honest, I actually really am enjoying the season so far. Okay. Um, I, I'm not going to be the bother trying to recap the things that have been going on, <laughs> but it's pretty wild and crazy. Yeah, it seems like it. And I'm like, hey, you know what? This show's, it, that show's been hit or miss for me. Some seasons are... Oh. are just god awful and some seasons are oh that's pretty fun yeah and so far this one is writing the oh that's pretty fun vein <laughs> and I, I think it's it's one of, one of the reasons why I think the show's kind of been better in my opinion of right mm-hmm. is because they did cut the seasons shorter yeah, you know right. they're like 12 episode seasons now or whatnot. yeah and you can just I just really think that's the way to, to focus a story yeah I think we've definitely we've hit on that point quite a few times that yeah. like that's that's how you want to make a good season you cut all the filler crap and you just get to the point you know yeah i just you know i'm, I'm still trudging, trudging through the the cw shows because <laughs> i'm just like my god yeah. like i could probably skip yeah i think i think i have six or seven episodes of a couple shows left and i'm just like i probably could skip half of these if yeah. not you know three quarters of them <laughs> and just go straight to the season finale and figure it all out yeah yeah i know like uh been trying to keep up with legends of tomorrow can't say I've been very successful with it, but uh, I mean, th- th- I think for them, it kind of works to have, you know, a little more filler because I feel like half the episode is kind of like a, a story arc that's going throughout the season. 
And then you have whatever little, you know, time kerfuffle they're fixing at the time. Right. The time, like whatever little time MacGuffin they have going yeah, on. Basically. So it kind of works in that regard. Kind of like what you were saying earlier about the soap operatic nature of it, where it's like, you know, you have these little vignette stories, but there is this kind of underlying story arc going on also. But I think that's honestly the only one that it works for because the other one's just, I don't know. They, they, they don't know how to fill it properly or it just is painful. To well, it is funny because because Legends has like that, that shorter season. Yeah. And the, But the other thing I think it has going for it is like unlike Arrow and, and Flash and Supergirl, yeah. uh, the, that show does not take – Legends does not take itself very seriously. Yeah, and I think – yeah, like you, you said. Know, that, I mean, it, it borderline makes fun of itself. <laughs> yeah. And I think that you know, like the, the the characters on the show are well aware that they are in ridiculous situations every week, <laughs> yeah. and they just have kind of embraced it at this point. I'm like, okay, well, I can I can work with this. This yeah. work, you know. Yeah, I think it works for that reason. Sure. Yeah. Well, since we kind of we kind of, we kind of did a nice little smooth transition there, Roger. I don't yeah. know how we did that. We did that was not planned. Yeah, it's magic. But uh, I think we're going to shift our focus to some, some a little bit more DC talk right now. Yeah. And. Just a little update. Swamp Thing still canceled. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> and but apparently, you know, uh, if you remember last week's episode, Future Tom dropped in and 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 shared some of the news that was out at the time about North Carolina state budget. Blah 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 blah. Hmm. Turns out that's not even a hundred percent true. The, the 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 situation or the the circumstances under which this show has been canceled are still extremely mysterious, hmm. and no one really knows what the hell's going on. <laughs> Even James Wan, the executive producer of the show, has come out on, on it on either Instagram or Twitter and was like, I don't know why the show got canceled. <laughs> so nobody knows what the hell's going on. It's really bizarre. Everyone who I know is watching it is really liking Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. And they're looking, you know, the DC Universe is still rolling them out every week. Yeah. And people are still watching them. It's still being reviewed very highly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, you know, I think all we can do is, is you know, just try and watch it and support it the best we can. <laughs> Yeah, that's the only way we're gonna get it back, you know. Which is funny because, I, I, I maybe maybe it's just my proclivity for the character because mm-hmm. I've always liked Swamp Thing. I always thought he's kind of like one of those like weird, weird fringe characters that's like really cool and interesting, but like no one really ever talks about. It, doesn't get a lot of exposure. Yeah, but I still want to watch this show even though it's been canceled. Uh-huh. Yet I can't bring myself to finish uh, Punisher and <laughs> and uh, Jessica Jones because I'm yeah. like, oh, canceled. Who cares? <laughs> kind of different i guess i don't know it's it's very bizarre yeah. <laughs> then again the, the the second season of punisher is like painfully slow yeah. <laughs> so i was like okay That's i think i have other things to do yeah. i don't know uh i guess the interesting piece of news coming out about swamp thing was that apparently there was like a like a three season plan mm-hmm. for swamp thing yeah that was going to lead into a justice league dark series on DC Universe. Oh, man, that would have been great. Now, if you're not familiar with Justice League Dark, it's basically DC's supernatural characters all teamed up. You know, you would have Swamp Thing and Constantine and Zatanna, mm-hmm. Dead Man. Uh, who else is in there? Ragman, maybe? I don't know. There's, uh, there's a few more. Xanadu. Madam Xanadu. Madam Xanadu. Uh, probably the Phantom Stranger. Possibly, yeah. He might. Make or at least kind of weaving in and out yeah, of the story. Yeah, like nothing else. Because <laughs> I mean, he's not exactly like your best teammate option. No. no. <laughs> Uh, I wonder if he Doctor Fate. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that'd be cool. I don't know. Do- Justice League Dark, I believe, is still being published as a comic. I think so. I think so. But I mean, it's just—I think it's just this really cool idea of all their their kind of magical supernatural characters yeah. teaming up and banding together to find fight off the forces of evil mm-hmm. that the superheroes can't really handle. Yeah. No, I always love the the portrayal. You know, because one of uh, one of the cool scenes I remember—I I can't remember—I think it was the. The Justice League Dark animated movie, where I think you got Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman going up against you know some supernatural threat, and then you know something happens to Superman and he starts bleeding, and you're just like, oh shit, this got real. <laughs> you know, Superman yeah. does not bleed. Oh yeah, that's one of the things too. I, I don't think a lot of people know that about Superman. Superman, it's it's like his unknown weakness is yeah, magic. Magic, yeah, and it's uh, yeah. So Superman versus. Magic people does not usually work out well for him. <laughs> no, and I think there was a whole arc of that in the uh, Injustice Comics series. But um, yeah, definitely Justice League Dark has always been like this cool kind of more fringe storyline mm-hmm. with you know lesser known characters, but like the ones that you do get to 
familiarize yourself with are super interesting, super dark, you know, appropriately. So I think that's the one thing that I've always gravitated to the most with yeah. DC characters is like I love their fringe characters. Like yeah, they're they're yeah. B and C level characters. Those are the ones I really, really like. Don't get me wrong. I love me some Batman. I love yeah. me some Flash. You know, Green Lanterns, all that stuff. I, I like those characters too. Mm-hmm. But the fringe characters are the ones that I'm kind of like. <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, I just would gravitate towards them. Like I love the question. I love. Yeah. I loved Azrael. I mean, even <laughs> yes. though he's like a crazy weirdo, like I thought he was cool. Uh, Anarchy was fun for a little while. There's a ton yeah. of them. Uh, I was a big fan of Aztec. Who else was there? I mean, even the Hawkman characters, which usually get <laughs> shit on. Yeah, but uh, you know. He wields the nth metal. You can't fuck with that. Oh, yeah, but like all these characters <laughs> are on the, on the periphery, you know, that are just kind of like not mainstream enough. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of some other really obscure ones that I, there, there's a, I mean, DC has a ton of them. Oh, yeah. Like we, we could go on and on. But yeah, no, those those characters are always great. And then, you know, going back to the Justice League Dark thing, you know, this, this would have been a cool way to have that come about. Because I know we had heard rumors prior that Guillermo del Toro exactly. project. And, you know, him behind Justice League Dark sounded like the perfect fit, you know? I, people, myself included, yeah. were so excited for yeah. a Del Toro Justice League Dark movie. Yeah, I, I can only imagine the crazy things he would have put in there. Oh, it was going to be nuts. Yeah. In the best way possible. <laughs> but, yeah, who knows? Who knows whatever happened to that? Uh, you know, unfortunately, it seems like a lot of Del Toro's projects kind of fall through the cracks for one reason or another. Yeah, he gets linked to a lot of things and they just kind of fizzle out. Yeah, and it, it's it's all stuff that sounds great, you know, but just kind of fades away. Yeah, it's a shame. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, and I, I, I'm, this is total speculation. Yeah. And I, I met the man very briefly once, actually, really? at Comic-Con. He seemed like a very nice fellow, but we just chatted for uh, like a moment or two before he got hustled away to... Yeah like one of the panels or something. That's awesome. Um, what's the best way to put this? I'm not sure he does well in like a, like a, he, he's a creative guy. Yeah. And I don't think he does well with like a lot of restrictions and structure yeah. around him. That's so kind true. of playing in like that corporate DC <laughs> Warner Brothers thing probably wasn't his jam. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was linked to, to the Hobbit films for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And I think he even probably you know, chafed up against Peter Peter Jackson, yeah. who was kind of like the the guardian of, of <laughs> Middle Earth, I yeah. suppose. And he eventually, you know, he he disappeared from that project, so he could go do his own things. I think he just likes creative freedom. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. And and so maybe you know, I, again, like like the rest of us should be. He ran away from corporate America. <laughs> yeah, he's got the right idea. He knows what's up. So well, so, well I mean, like I said, I don't. I feel like the Swamp Thing story is still developing. Maybe we'll get some more details. Maybe we'll hear more about a Just League Dark show that's going to launch later on. Yeah. Supposedly hopefully. the platform is still developing shows. Mm-hmm. It's not going under, which apparently is the big rumor, that DC yeah. Universe is going to go under or potentially become folded into the Warner Brothers streaming platform, which I suppose is probably the most likely possibility yeah. of some of the crazy rumors I've heard. Mm-hmm. And I'm not enthusiastic about that. No. But, I mean, I... I I want to see the platform survive because I do like it. Yeah. So according to a statement they, they, they put out, like they're still working on shows. Yeah. I think that's, that's good. That's important. You know, it's uh, definitely something we need to hear. Cause if not, you know, if everybody just hears these rumors and they don't, you know, give us anything to think otherwise, then people are just going to start falling off of things and, you know, they're not going to get any more subscriptions and then why bother making shows and, the whole thing just goes to hell. <laughs> <laughs> just like John Constantine. Yeah. <laughs> just lights up a smoke and goes for the hills. Well, speaking of DC shows that aren't on that platform, yeah. uh, Krypton Season 2 starts tonight. Oh, yeah. Which, by the time this this, this drops, uh, you it will, will have or have not watched it. <laughs> so... <laughs> Good listener. Yep. <laughs> and I know, Roger, you haven't watched Krypton yet. Not yet, not yet. Is it is it a show that interests you at all? I think after what you've been telling me about it, it definitely sounds interesting. Uh, I mean, they, they have a good amount of characters in there that I didn't think they would have. I mean, they brought in Lobo, right? So Well, Lobo will be on season two. Okay. So but actually, going, to. going back to what we were saying about the fringe characters, one yeah. of my favorite fringe characters is actually in Krypton, which is Adam Strange. Oh, wow. And I totally blanked on him until... We were kind of started by Krypton, <laughs> but yeah, he's kind of like the impetus of the of the of the of the of the of the first season. He's like the time traveler who comes back in time oh, to Krypton, interesting, and kind of drives the events. Um, it's 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 a crazy, weird, wild show. Mm-hmm. 
and I'll be honest, I when I, I kind of started DVRing it when it aired last season, but I was in no particular rush to start watching it because because in my mind I couldn't think of a reason why this show should actually exist. Yeah, the the adventures of Clark Kent, aka or Clark Kent of Kal El, aka Clark Kent, aka Superman's uh-huh. grandfather. What? Yeah. yeah, not even his dad, but his <laughs> not grandfather. Not even his dad, his grandfather. Like, why is this supposed to be interesting? Like, yeah. how relevant is this to anything? Yeah. Uh, turns out it's actually just really pretty darn entertaining, if nothing mm. else. And it has really strong takes on Superman villains. Okay. Um, they do a great version of Brainiac. Okay. They do a great version of General Zod. Nice. And we're going to get hopefully a much better version of Doomsday in season two. <laughs> yeah, that, that will be a hard bar to complete. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and as you mentioned, Lobo will be uh, debuting on, on season two of Krypton. Yeah. And apparently the word is they're developing a Lobo show now based off of this version of really? it. Really? So I don't know if like the executives have watched the season and are like, <laughs> we like that Lobo guy. He's our main bastard. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, okay, let's do a Lobo Not show. Sure, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember reading Lobo comics. They, yeah. they are um, not for general audiences. No, not at all. That, <laughs> that is a violent-ass character. Yeah, it was definitely a product of the 90s, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, man. There is a, a really fun uh, Superman-Lobo fight comic that came out. It was like I think it was like Superman Man of Steel number 30. Uh-huh. It came out like in the late 90s. And that what they had did, done was they had released it in a poly bag, and it had this uh, kind of plasticky cover to it, and you had little sticky cutouts of Superman and Lobo that you could make fight and just place them on the cover all over the place. <laughs> That's cool. It was super fun. I mean, it, it, yeah, I, I get it. It was one of those 90s gimmick covers that oh, was, yeah. you know, destroying the comic book marketplace. But it was kind of a fun thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you can go for those every now and then. Yeah, I may have the issue never wrong on that. Don't hold, don't hold my feet to the fire on, on Man of Steel 30. <laughs> Actually, it's <an> <laughs> Right. I'll, that's, uh, someone, someone will get me and I'll be like, damn it. <laughs> So, yeah, Lobo. Lobo's around. Yeah, I mean, I think that'll be interesting to see. I mean, Lobo is a character. I don't know, like you said, he, he's not a he's not a general audience character, so that's definitely going to be more on the mature side if they plan to do him right. So I don't know if that's going to be their answer to Deadpool or what. You know, oh, but <laughs> We'll see. I don't know. I, I don't know if he shows up in tonight's uh, premiere episode of season two for Krypton or not, but uh-huh. uh, we'll find out quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the internet will let us know what they think quickly as well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, some more news. This is kind of this is this will start comic centric, but it's going to dovetail back to films. Uh-huh. So uh, bear with me here if you're not a comic book fan. Sorry, guys. Now I know you had just started reading the Tom King Batman comics. Uh huh. Yeah. So I guess the big news with those is now, in my opinion, Tom King's been doing fantastic work on the Batman books, uh-huh. and I guess he had this this hundred issue plan. That was going to end with Batman totally redefined and in a completely new place as a character in comic books. Okay. I guess that plan's being cut short. (laughs) We're not quite sure if his plan's coming to fruition or if it's coming to fruition sooner. Mm -hmm. Tom King's shifting off the Batman book to do the new Batman Catwoman comic. Yeah. Which leads into this exciting bit of news. Yeah. That the Phantasm is going to be making her debut in main DC Universe continuity. Yeah, spoiler warning. Yeah, and if you're not familiar with with Phantasm, the the excellent Batman Mask of the Phantasm animated movie Mm -hmm. from the the early 90s. That's on DC Universe right now? It's on DC Universe. I have it on, at least on DVD. I may may have a Blu-ray somewhere. Yeah. Um, But it's... This was a, a, a theatrical released Batman the Animated Series movie. Yeah, which is insane to think of now. Insane to think of, and it's really good. Oh yeah, it's it's like a it's kind of like a it's it's a modern day Batman, but it, there's a lot of juxtaposition with an early Bruce Wayne kind yeah. of figuring out his his role as Batman, kind of like a year one sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, definitely. I was gonna go with that year one. And the, and this this villain who's who's going around killing gangsters called the Phantasm. Yeah. And it's just awesome. Yeah, yeah. Super just everything about that character is great. So yeah, I, I definitely have to go back and watch that now. Yeah, so there she will be making her debut in the comics, I think they said in February, was that correct? Or January? Uh I didn't catch the date. Yeah, I don't know. Sometime, whenever that new Batman Catwoman comic launches, yeah. that, that Tom King will be doing, which, which I assume 
he'll be finishing his grand Batman plan through that comic, but maybe I'm wrong. It's possible. I mean, that might be the direction they want to take it, at least to kind of, you know, kind of appease his plan, but maybe not in the main line. Well, and it's also maybe 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 Warner Brothers DC got cold feet about his plan. They're like, you know what? Maybe we don't want Batman to end up where he has <laughs> him ending up anyways. Yeah, they kind of like the status quo with Batman. Every time they try to change him in some radical way, people don't take well to it. And, no. Uh, they tend to just revert back to the old Batman. Well, we're, we are we are about a month out from from San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, and I suspect there will be more news on this front down the road. So we this this may be a story we go back to. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, we do like comic books on the show. We don't talk about them too much because uh, yeah. there's not a whole lot going on. Because especially with DC Marvel stuff, like the like you said, you know these these co- these companies have gotten very protective of the characters. So not a lot of interesting things are happening necessarily because they're just really protective of the properties. Yeah. So I, we can we can't have we, you know I. Whatever we'll talk more about that later. But <laughs> we we may vis- revisit the story because like I said the Tom, the Tom King Batman book is really good. Yeah, yeah. And so I I am definitely curious to see if if his end game has now been altered or if he's been told to fuck off. <laughs> it's possible. So we'll see. All right, so that leads to the Phantasm. Okay, Phantasm, great villain for Batman. Yeah. Which leads into a bit of news that you you shared with me today. Mm-hmm. That uh, possibly for the Robert Pattinson-led The Batman film. <laughs> yep. Well, we already been told about, about Penguin and Catwoman. Yep, those two are confirmed. Now there's rumors of more. Yeah. Who are we talking about? So we're looking at Riddler and Firefly. Why? <laughs> it's so weird. Like, I, I read it, I'm like... Why, why would you add more? Like, <laughs> I, I feel like the, the rule of two has, has been pretty good so far. It worked for the Sith. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. It seems kind of weird. I mean, honestly, I would like the uh, like to see what the first um, big screen adaptation of Firefly looks like. Um, but aside from that, yeah, I don't know why you would stick that many characters in it at once. I feel like if they're kind of going for like a maybe not a year one story, but you know early career Batman, it seems kind of uh, I don't know like they're rushing it to get all those characters out there at once. I don't know what your take on it was. I wondered if if potentially Firefly was something of a disposable villain. Possibly, I mean, he's you know, always like, been. Yeah, something like this, the, the, this, this young Batman yeah. goes up against to open the film. Yeah. You know, like the uh, because surprise, surprise, the Firefly is a pyromaniac. He yeah. like, he lights his things on fire, <laughs> and I would not be terribly shocked if that's how this film opens up with like Batman kind of tracking down Firefly yeah. and stopping the string of arson that's been yeah. lighting Gotham ablaze. I think that'd be a good way to go about it because you know only the deep into the lore people know about Firefly and you know most mainstream viewers are not really going to know the character that well so yeah it'll just it, be disposable that's probably the best way to go about it that and maybe I'm wrong maybe they have some <laughs> kind of grand plan for Firefly that I'm just I'm just living in my little box of he has been in the comics for you know 40 years they bring him to the top for some reason <laughs> right I mean the the Riddler thing is interesting because in, in comics over like the last oh I guess I guess I say the last decade, but maybe even it's been mm. a little bit longer. They've they've really been trying to ramp him up as more of like a mastermind character. Yeah, you know, someone who kind of like manipulates other mm. heroes and villains to kind of do things that help accomplish his goals without them even really being aware of it. Yeah, that's true. So I I kind of wondered if maybe that's what they're going to go for. Yeah. Uh, I just hope that uh, if the Riddler rumor is true, that we get far superior riddle, riddles to what was in Batman Forever. Yeah, those were kind of weak. <laughs> riddle me this, riddle me that. Who's afraid of the big black bat? I, we can do better. That's that's not a riddle. We demand better. <laughs> Come on, Jim. <laughs> you know what? That's a really good point, too. Most of those weren't even riddles. They were just like fancy math problems. <laughs> it's like, this is a train from Chicago leaving at 1052. This is a train from Indianapolis leaving at 1105. Where will they crash? <laughs> Wouldn't that be a terrible Batman movie? He's just solving math problems. <laughs> We truly get his mathematical prowess. Oh, do you think he has like a sweet calculator in that utility belt? <laughs> or it's probably just all in the cowl. It's got to be on the cowl. Yeah, I think <laughs> you're right. He's got like the heads-up display going on go. the eyes. Just the numbers just flashing down like the Matrix. <laughs> Alfred is in the back cave like an abacus feeding him <laughs> Oh, this is great. There's, there's the plot for the new Batman movie, guys. You're, you're welcome, Warner Brothers. You're welcome. <laughs> 
All right, Roger. We don't get to do this too often, but there's a, there's been a little bit of a video game news out there too. Yeah, we've been. Uh, I don't know if uh, any of the listeners are aware, but it's E3 this week, so that's where basically all of the huge video game news gets announced for the upcoming year. Um, and one of the more pop culture related ones was uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which is a new game set to release, I believe. Uh, beginning of next year sometime in march or something Hmm. um but yeah it's uh starring the same actor that plays the joker on gotham cameron uh monaghan not a selling point but but (laughs) but it's there (laughs) um and yeah it's also uh from the trailer we saw um forrest whitaker is going to reprise saw okay okay so we're going to have a little bit of that maybe rogue one crossover which will be cool um, so it's going to be in that period, pretty much after Order 66, but before Rogue One, somewhere in that timeline. Um, and I guess the story is he's going through and trying to reestablish the Jedi Order. So obviously it's not going to work because <laughs> we've seen the movies. <laughs> but <laughs> Spoilers. Spoiler warning, that's not going to go very well for him. And the fact that we don't see him again probably is a good indicator of what happens to him. But from what I saw, the gameplay looks all right. Um, it's definitely, you know, a very early stage uh, in development. Um, it's very much plays like Uncharted meets Jedi Outcast. I don't know if you've played those games. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, a little bit of Force Unleashed thrown in there. Because um, why not? Because why not? And I mean, essentially, it's it's a very similar storyline. You have this uh, rogue Jedi character going up against the Empire prior to, you know, A New Hope. Um, So they kind of maybe not rehash that story, but they're taking a different spin on it. Um, And yeah, like the the combat looks cool. All that kind of stuff looks good. It's definitely going to be pretty cinematic. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's going to be another entry into Star Wars canon, Um, you know, post the extended universe uh, (laughs) legacy-ness. But yeah, no, it um, it looks pretty interesting. Like I said, it's still very early on, and just from what they showed, you can tell they definitely got a, a ways to go to you know tighten up the graphics, as they say. <laughs> so I, I watched the trailer that they put out a few months ago when they first yeah. kind of like the, I guess it was like the announcement trailer or something. I don't, I don't know exactly what they call those in, uh-huh. in the in the industry in the video game industry. <laughs> uh, and I had I had. I don't know if I want to call them complaints. Yeah. But I, I was like, eh, okay. Yeah. Because I, there, there's a there's a part of me that feels like I, as a Star Wars fan, I know this story already because I watched Star Wars Rebels and yeah. I'm familiar with the Kanan, Kanan Jarrus character. Uh-huh. And I've, so I've read his adventures from, or, or in the comics, I've read yeah. his adventures from being on the run after Order 66. Uh-huh. Then there was a novelization yeah. that, that expanded on that and led up to the beginning <laughs> of the Rebels series. And then I watched Rebels. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, well, I guess we're just going to do that story kind of all over again, but with a new character. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it's kind of been tread already. Uh, it's definitely nothing new. And Don't, I think... Oh, sorry. I was no, I was just going to say, I think it's, it's going to be uh, kind of tough to uh, make that fresh. I guess. Well, I mean, we'll see the game. The gameplays and some of the stuff that I've seen does look very cool, and mm. it's always fun to have force powers and throw stormtroopers around and stuff oh, yeah. like that. Uh, my other kind of now, this is a, a legit complaint on my part uh-huh. about the game is I really wish they had set this up so that I could make my own character. That would have been nice. I think it doesn't matter who the person is. I think if they're basically disposable anyway, why not give you that option? Well, I mean, even if you're not, even if the, the game ends and you're just going into hiding or something like that, I mean, like, yeah. it's it's kind of cool to, like, make your character and kind of yeah. like, like, there's my dude mm-hmm. or there's my there's my lady or, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I, I guess that's part of my kind of complaint is because Star Wars is for everybody mm-hmm. but this according to this video game you're just playing some boring generic white dude I was like oh cool I get to be a white guy I'm already a white guy that's not fun I mean I wanted the option of being like a, a cool alien or something like yeah. that but I mean you know everyone wants to put themselves in the Star Wars universe so it, it would have been kind of cool to have a, a, a create your character mode where you can kind of you know model a face or, or, or pick like a couple different from a, a selection yeah. of faces and kind of assemble a character like, like the way you could in Mass Effect yeah yeah and I mean they even had that and um you know, Knights of the Old Republic, mm-hmm. where, you know, Darth Revan is just canonically a person, but, you know, he's, uh, well, I don't know if it's in current canon, but in that storyline, since you could choose how your character looked, whether it was male or female, 
you know, it was just pretty much ambiguous. The character existed, but there was no other details on yeah. what the character was. So I, I definitely agree that I'm not a huge fan of the uh, of the lead character. Um, I, I don't really care that much about the actor. Um, you know, I haven't seen Gotham, so I don't know. I know a lot of people are into his characterization of it, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> nothing, nothing really caught my interest on that. No, I mean, I, I, I hope the game's good. I hope it's fun. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, we'll we'll see when it comes out. The game, if the game plays an issue or not. I know, I know, EA's tracker with Star Wars game is not great. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are really annoyed with like the Battlefront games and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we'll see if they kind of get back on the side of the fans on this game or not. That'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, definitely. I think that's that's one thing that they do need to work on. I definitely would have liked to have seen a more, you know, interactive or a, you know, user-driven choice of character. I think, you know, like like I was mentioning Jedi Outcast, uh, the sequel to that Jedi Academy actually had you choose, you know, what your character looked like. Like you said from a preset uh, number of faces and you could be human, alien, you know, whatever. Yeah. But Maybe a missed opportunity, but we'll see. We'll see if it plays out. I yeah. think. I think just for the sake of you know doing these cinematics, they kind of have to choose a character now, unless we get to that point where pre-rendered stuff becomes as good. But um, we'll see. Well, we're gonna wrap the show up, but there's one thing I want to do yes. real quick, and like I don't know if this has become like a new segment, but it, it probably could <laughs> be because it it makes fun of me a lot, which I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. We like this. Yeah. So I. I I'm kind of leaning towards calling it two years too late, <laughs> but I'm not quite sure what I want to talk about is actually two years old or not. But okay. for now, we're going to roll with two years too late. All right. All right. <laughs> Recently, in fact, it was just the other day, I watched uh, Ready Player One. Oh, okay. Have you seen Ready Player One? Yeah. Yeah. I saw that one in theaters. What'd you think? I liked it. Okay. Yeah. What'd you think? I thought it was trash. Really? <laughs> I was not a fan. What, what didn't you like? I, well, I got, you know, I, I, I texted our friend uh, Mike, uh, a pint of hoppiness over on the Beer Night in San Diego show. Sure. Yeah. And I was, I, I was asking him the same thing I asked you. And, uh-huh. and, and um, he liked it as well. Okay. And I was like, okay, maybe this is just a thing for, for me because I've, uh-huh. I've read the book. Okay. Yes. And I didn't. I don't the, know if Mike the, did. the book's not amazingly great literature or anything like that, but yeah. it's a good, fun book, whatever. Uh-huh. And I guess I was bummed at how different it was. Uh-huh. I was like, "Wow, they really took like a lot of liberties with this, with this, oh, yeah. with, this with this film." Now, don't get me wrong; I love all the nostalgia stuff in there. Yeah. I mean, it's great to see a lot of those things, but it, it kind of—I don't know. And again, maybe this is just the way my, my brain works, but it, it seemed like a big commercial for all these things that that Steven Spielberg owns. Yeah, basically. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there were now. I suspect there were probably some issues obtaining all the rights to some of the properties that were that are mentioned in the in the books uh-huh. you know like like star wars has a much bigger presence in the book than it gets to have in the movie and i suspect that's because uh, it's like a paramount film yeah yeah and uh it's not a bad movie no but it's i i think there was just a lot of potential there to do more yeah i think so i mean i definitely liked it when i saw it in theaters i think i definitely got you know swept away by just the visuals and mm-hmm. like i said the nostalgia for that one was great you know it's not every day you get to see a gundam go up against mechagodzilla it was pretty great when the gundam came on <laughs> I, I was pretty stoked on that because i don't i i can't remember if that's how that scene plays out in the movie or not or i'm sorry in the in the book in or the not book, yeah. if they use a gundam or not but it was it was pretty great actually i think it was a gundam yeah because that well. would have that would have existed back then yeah so. But I can't remember what Mecca got. I don't know. I, can, <laughs> I read the book like five years ago, so it's a little okay. bit of a, in a, in a little bit of a haze. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, not bad. But it was a bit long. The movie was a bit long, and it was like it, it was. Uh, I think they definitely could have trimmed some of the fat, but I think they just really wanted to nail like hammering home the nostalgia. In it. <laughs> well, I think that was the thing. They really leaned on the on the nostalgia factor, and yeah. it, it, you know, the book has some better themes in it than uh-huh. they, they played up in the in the film. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was my two cents, but uh, apparently, if you and Mike represent the majority, I am <laughs> I am small small minority on this one. Yeah, maybe maybe reading the book because I, I feel like I've heard before from other people that have read the book said that they didn't like it that much. Okay, so it might be that like reading the book prior kind of has your expectations at a different level. It's possible. It's possible. So, subvert your expectations is the moral of the story. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, go watch the movie before you read the book. <laughs> Uh, and the other thing that I just watched recently, which yeah. again I think it's only about a year old, but maybe it's two. I I didn't bother to, to double check my dates. Yeah, 
Um, <laughs> I watched the most recent Mission Impossible movie, Mission Impossible Fallout. All right. Starring our good friend Tom Cruise. <laughs> Big listener to the show. He friend loves of the it. show. He loves us. Yeah. He, he's <laughs> promised he's going to come and do the show with us. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. We're waiting on a date to confirm. So. I have to tell you, I fucking love these movies. Yeah. <laughs> they might be some of the best spy movies that are, that are kind of out there. Yeah. Spy action adventure kind of movies. They're just... Insane. And like Tom Cruise, I mean, he's like insane, but in a good way because yeah. he does all of his own stunts for these things. Like yep. in the last one, or I guess, I think the last one you said you saw was Ghost Protocol. I think so. And yeah. that's when he's like scaling the building by, yeah, you know, in Dubai. Yeah. In Dubai and he's, he's running down the side of it. And <laughs> then in the, in the last one, he's like hanging on to an airplane as it takes off. Yeah. And like, that's him. That's yeah. not a stunt person. And then in this one, he's like hanging on to a helicopter by a, by a, by a thing of and like rocks, and he's like climbing up this rope on a helicopter. He, the guy's fucking bananas. Yeah. And I love it. It's, it's so, so good. good. <laughs> uh, they are insanely fun movies. They they kind of, and maybe again, we're, I'm gonna I'm gonna try on some nostalgia stuff here. Maybe yeah. they kind of evoke those feelings that I had when I was a kid mm-hmm. when I would watch James Bond movies back there yeah, because. Yeah. That's kind of the, the, the fun, the thrill you got watching James Bond as a kid. Yeah. With all the crazy craziness. Yep. And I definitely think, like, I miss the most recent Mission Impossible movies, not for not wanting to see them. Just kind of like, for one reason or another, they kind of just flew under the radar for me and I never got around to it. That said, every time I've seen a James Bond movie, it's been great. It's nothing but fun. And uh, definitely, it's, it's the perfect, like, summer blockbuster movie that you just popcorn flick that you're just having fun with, you know, just enjoying the craziness before your eyes. I, I love James Bond films, but these Mission Impossible movies have been blowing them out of the water lately. Oh, yeah, they're, they're on another level now. And just, you know, yeah, and it's just like, you know, they've just always been such a thrill to watch. And, you know, with all the actors that they have, you know, in each new movie, you know, they had Jeremy Renner, I think, in Ghost Protocol. Mm-hmm. And now they have Henry Cavill. And yeah, I, I was texting you about this. Yeah. I, I, after seeing Henry Cavill in, in this film, I'm not unconvinced that he couldn't be the new Batman. <laughs> the man whoops some serious ass in this film. I mean, the fisticuffs are ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's punching people through walls and shit. I'm like, that's Batman right yeah, there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> There's this scene where he kind of like... like Cocks his shoulders like he's like loading two guns, and it's just like, oh shit! You know, like if he had a cowl on, I would be terrified right now. There you go. Uh, so I, I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm like losing myself because I was like, <laughs> I, I've watched it. I was watching this movie, and I'm like smiling ear from ear for two hours and whatever nice. two two twenty, I think it was, yeah. and it was a fun two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah. You know, and you have a you have Simon Pegg in the film who yeah, is great. I mean, everything. Simon Pegg's the best. Yeah, Ving Rhames is still in the films. Mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin shows up. No Jeremy Renner in this one. No. Which I, I, I'm pretty sure he was alive at the end of the last one, but I, I, I could be wrong about that. I think he was. I think it, like his story was that he kind of just went his own way. Well, yeah, he kind of, in in the previous film, which is Rogue Nation, uh, which is excellent. Yeah, that was uh, good. He just kind of comes in and out of it a little bit. Huh. You know, he's kind of like this like liaison character. I, I, he might show up at the end to get some, get some action. But ever since the Mission Impossible films teamed up with J.J. Abrams and Bad Robot. Uh-huh. They've been fantastic fun to go see. Yeah. And I'm a little bummed that I haven't made it out to the theaters to see any of them. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to catch the next one and go back and watch these other ones. The, la- the last one I saw in theaters was Mission Impossible 2, which is a oh, goddamn disaster. It's awful. <laughs> Sorry, John Woo, but y- you lost your touch, buddy. And Mission Impossible 2 is, is god-awful. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I saw... I, I know that I sat down and watched like the first few Mission Impossible movies just because they were like on Amazon Prime or something. Yeah, I was going to say, they have to be on something. So I, yeah. I, I definitely, I highly Pretty recommend... Pretty sure they're on Prime. I highly recommend Rogue Nation and now uh, uh, Fallout as well. Yeah, so we'll check those out. And uh, again, this has been two years too late. Yeah, <laughs> so if you like this segment, we'll watch more old stuff and let you uh, know. I'm, I, I think our listeners know that I'm, I'm pretty behind on shit more often than not. So this this probably does not come as news to anybody <laughs> that like, he's just now watching that? Fuck. It must be a few years too late. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll see what else I can dig up off my off my movie shelf that are like, oh yeah, I haven't watched that yet. <laughs> there we go. I'm sure there's plenty of things to pick from. Yeah. I haven't seen the last Die Hard, and that came out like what four years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Though it looked awful. Yeah, it didn't look great. Maybe maybe you can skip that. One. I don't know. You know, maybe we should take suggestions on Twitter. Oh, that might be good. Just uh, you know, try to try to be easy on us. Don't give us like pure crap all the time. <laughs> but, you know, maybe something so bad it's good. Well, yeah, I mean, within re- within reason, within reason yeah. guys. Come on, be nice to us. <laughs> uh, Roger, I think we're I think we're out of time, bud. I think we're done. All right, let's wrap the show up. Please write us a five-star review if you are so inclined. Small, independent podcasts like this can easily get lost in the mix, and those reviews go a long way to getting the word out about our fun little podcast. All right. And Roger and I don't want to go anywhere. Nope. we got, we got nothing else to do. This show is our life. That's all we got, man. Oh, God, don't take it away from us. <laughs> and with that, for Roger Smith, my name is Tom. Thank you for listening, and ta-ta for now. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions!